Content warning. On this podcast, we discuss grown-up issues, including but not limited to swearing, tasteless jokes, mentions of drug use, and situations of a sexual nature. This podcast is not intended for children. Hello, and welcome back to Bibliorex. I'm Bugs. And I'm Bam Bam. And we did not realize that No More Heroes was going to be a 50 million hour endeavor, did we? No, no, we didn't. So it ended up being... What, five hours, four and a half hours, something like that? Yeah, five hours recorded and who knows how many hours to edit. Right. (laughs) So we decided that you guys probably didn't want to listen to five hours nonstop and it will make it easier on our internet usage (laughs) to upload a little bit at a time. Hmm. So we are entering part two and... um, It'll sound a little weird because we're coming in later to record this intro, but just to give, you know, content warnings, um, there's racism, murder, child... Dismemberment and death. Dismemberment, death. um, Yeah, all the content warnings because No More Heroes is full of travesties and horrors. Mm. Horribly (sighs) written, but uh, very vulgar and violent. Sometimes amusing. It was pretty fun. Yeah, there are some cute moments. Yeah, especially I get to say, go, man, and look at your face. I still hate it. (laughs) Uh, I have to make a meme about that. Yes, you do. Uh, Enjoy. So, yep. uh, Hope you enjoy this. Let us know what you think, and we'll get back to you later. Number four is A Light in the Darkness. This story is written in the passive voice, and it switches from present tense to past tense, which is very, very poorly done. This is the one where people are saying, sadly lamented, over and over and over again. And one part of the story, they're just describing every single street this guy walks on in D.C. And it's like, he is trying to up the word count. (laughs) So the main character is Nathaniel, who is an alien who has lived on Earth with his wife for 4,000 years. They have been gestating two sets of twins this whole time. And now this four children are seven years old, which is adulthood. That's why they brought the alien in (laughs) on the last story. (laughs) Maybe so that you get an idea of there are aliens in this world. And I I noticed that they did try to structure the stories in an order that would help you make sense of Mm -hmm. the world. Um, so we can give him points for that. Yeah, this one at least did explain. I'm from. I was from this planet. This stuff happened. Now we're here. These are my powers. Decent exposition. Decent exposition at the beginning. Yeah. Unlike some of the other stories. Mm. So it's he and his wife, and they're on like a road trip, like cross country. They've lived on planet Earth for four thousand years. They have the power to heal any wound or illness, and they're telepathic. So they speak to each other through touch, and then they like link and think things. But when he he touches a human he can make the human do what he wants it's kind of like spock like a vulcan telepathy mm. thing but then it's a lot more heavy-handed and just kind of hard to describe like like they'll forget and oh i don't know what i was doing but yes i will give you what you want so they had been staying in this uh house and the people there were asleep and i guess like stayed asleep with his psychic powers and they like left money in the clean house and he cured the wife's cancer on their way out <laughs> So they kind of come through as like, they're both meant to be invisible because they look human. 
In fact, they look like beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, very tall, white Scandinavian humans Mm. who have perfect skin and perfect features. And that was emphasized Mm. over and over and over. Gave me very Aryan vibes. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of honesty there of the real world. Uh, just the fact that you tend to stick out, especially in America, if you're not white. Yeah, but then people will be like psychically drawn to them. They get pulled over by every cop who sees them driving their little suburban. But then he can just like, as he's handing his ID to the cop, brush his skin and the cop will just say, oh, yeah, be on your way, sir. Mm. And they take off. So it's like they get all this attention, but they... They also look completely normal. They look human and they're just kind of blend in too. So that part is badly blended. Like it's it's very bad. I'm not sure what the point of that was. Really. Right. The family drops him off just outside of D.C. And after the, apoc- the, the uh, cataclysm, D.C. became like a lockdown zone with big walls and soldiers everywhere and you can't get in. But he can get in because his powers. So he can shake somebody's hand and get a little name tag and he just gets in. Yep, sir, here you go. Be on your way, sir. So his wife wipes his memory of a certain location and the wife takes the kids and goes this other direction. We don't know where. So family road trip and then they drop him off, wipe his mind of certain things and take off. So he's going into D.C. alone. He is on his way to find Edatrix. That's so blandly alien. She's perfectly normal human. She just is a super learner. What? Not really superpower. She's just a very good learner. Is that her superpower name or superhero yes. name? Okay. Yes. I get. Yeah, fine. I don't even know if I wrote down her regular name. I think it was Karen. <laughs> I don't remember. It was very bland and boring. Um, I mean, it's no pucilus. No, but... it was no pucilus. Mm. So he finally gets to eat a Trix's house, and I'm skipping a whole page of he walked up this road in D.C. and crossed this street and ran into these cops and pa- passed by this coffee shop and passed by this museum. And it's like just this a... whole page was just a cent per word filler. So I'm skipping all that. Um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Edatrix has the ability to recall flawlessly everything she has experienced. And she's a neutral in the no heroes world. So she has her powers, but she does them to just make herself happy and do what she wants. He can't use his psychic powers to force her to do anything because when he tries, she's like, haha, I'm just as good as you. So she has some kind of mental thing, Hmm. but she does invite him in to talk. Oh, and she has telekinesis powers, but she's just human and has the ability to remember everything. Apparently she learned how to do these in a book, I guess. I don't know. So he says that he will teach her anything she wants to know, tell her anything she wants to know if she'll help him. Because Eorians are born knowing everything their mother and father knows. Every single one has an exponential amount of memory from its parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on and on and on. And their memories start from before they're born. That 4,000 years of gestation, mm-hmm. they already exist. So these people are like, they don't have a physical form. They are these evolved energy beings. <laughs> They just manifested human bodies to be on Earth, I guess. I I really <laughs> I, I I want I want to have a question so badly, <laughs> but I'm not sure what to question anymore. <laughs> right. So he basically telepath telepathically links with her mm-hmm. and gives her an entire history 
of his world. And it was interesting-ish, but not, I'm not going to sit here and read out every bit of it to you. Right. So what is it that this uh, psychic alien man could possibly need from, I mean, telekinetic, uh, intelligent human, but why? Right, exactly, because he has all this information already. Yeah. He wants to find this big bad guy called Black Empty. And I just shortened it to be a lot, but I will try to say black empty every time. Is he black? <laughs> he is a void, non-energy, black hole person. And it's it's just like, it's just if you had a living black hole that sucked everything into it and tortured you to insanity while doing it, that's your guy. So another black villain. Yeah. He's not really given any, like, he doesn't have human characteristics, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just continuing the thing. <laughs> yeah. And I have thought about that, too, mm. because the contrast is these Aryan aliens, right? But this guy, he was originally at their planet, right. and he was the size of a planet right. in their Eorian world history. So the name of the race is Eorian? It's I-O-R-I-A-N. So I go like Eorian or it could be Iorian. It's hard to say. It does evoke Aryan a little bit. Yeah. It gets better. There's more of those points coming up in a little bit. All right. Uh, let's, let's do it. World of the history of the Eorians. They had evolved beyond poverty, war. They no longer had physical bodies. They were an energy form. So I don't know how they would gestate babies when they were energy forms, but whatever. And then this big baddie, Black Empty, starts eating up the worlds around them. It's huge, like nearly the size of a planet. But what it does is it latches onto consciousnesses and gives it huge, terrible nightmares. And he it feeds off the panic and fear, just terror of its victims until like that victim is like spent or it kills itself or it dies. So it comes down and like eats people and eats their psychic energy. Gives them clinical depression? No, it's more like... It, it Freddy Krueger's an entire planet? It makes you relive your worst nightmare over and over and over again. So it gets inside your head and makes you see your family die over and over and over. Mm. So like Bird Box. Yeah, it causes that kind of insanity. Okay. Yeah. So um, just an entire planet of Bird Box happening. Pretty much. That's neat. So these Eorians are beings made of light. And this thing is from like an alternate dimension. So Black Empty is like this void alternate dimension thing. So it doesn't have a physical form. But if you shoot it with light, you can like disrupt it and cut it into smaller pieces. And so they were able to cut it into smaller pieces to the point of it became human or car, car sized versus planet sized. But that destroyed most of the Eorians, the ones that were left fled. So they went to loads of other planets. They went far, far away to escape and hide because it takes them 4,000 years to procreate. And Black Empty happened to follow Nathaniel and his family to Earth 4,000 years ago. So Black Empty has been causing madness and terror and suicide on Earth for 4,000 years. So Nathaniel is the main is, character alien guy. Is trying to find Big Empty now. Yes. Even though it's chasing him? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
and he can't use his powers openly or it'll find him, but he goes to this woman so that he can figure out where it is. He wants to draw its attention somewhere to fight it so that his wife and kids can escape to this thing called the Gathering. And that was a pre-planned place for all of the offspring to meet and pair off to create the next generation of Eorians because they were nearly extinct. Over the course of the next 4,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. So his idea so that's why they wiped his mind of the gathering data and he's going to get black empty's attention while his wife and kids escape decent uh, premise okay and now it's revealed oh this is why he's doing these things oh see that actually sounds kind of good it w- that part was pretty good because you're and you're and you're learning this with her that right. edatrix lady okay. as she as he's telling her the story so it is kind of like it has pretty good um follow through and pretty good build up and then revealing oh this is why he's doing this oh he really loves his family and Mm. she's really touched by his willingness to sacrifice himself to save his family his children and future generations Mm. of Eorian so he's shown to be this genuinely good character who's doing this selfless thing and Mm. then she because I thought oh she's just gonna turn out to be a villain right she's gonna double cross him no she actually yeah I'll help you she stays neutral but in this situation she'll help him him, even though Black Empty is part of the League of Doom. Wait. <laughs> Why does Black Empty need to be in the League? Because he is a super, super baddie. Like, what What possible benefit could he get? I don't know. And even through the book and the other stories where he shows up, it's only shown that he's paranoid and hates the other people in the League. There's really no benefit to him being in it. They only benefit from his powers, but he hates everyone in the League, too. Even the big empty is just like, I I don't even know why I'm here. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy so here comes the twist they break link and are sitting there talking and who shows up in their living room oh my god it's a goat man (laughs) it's big empty and he's after edatrix (laughs) oh he doesn't even know nathaniel's there because he's so good at being undercover he never found him so big empty comes after edatrix who suddenly has shield powers and a pen that stabs black empty and hurts him nathaniel can create this shield thing too that's made of light but they're losing he hasn't noticed nathaniel what's going on and then the person who was teaching edatrix all these things shows up and helps him out and fights black empty so edatrix and oh she what was his name her tutor dunwoody that's a good rival for pucula (laughs) edatrix and dunwoody fighting black empty holding him off they have i don't know these just just random abilities just random stuff but they're basically putting up force fields and shields and white light and blah 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 action <clears throat> words action words action 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 so then uh nathaniel reveals his true form it is a large white wolf eagle made out of glowing light uh <laughs> the Aryan strikes again. <laughs> I don't know what? how you combine a wolf and an eagle to make it a form, but his body is made of like plastic crystal light. Maybe he has four paws and wings. I'm not sure. It's it's not really well described. A eagle wolf. Yes, a white a eagle. Weagle. A weagle. I like weagles. He tells Edatrix and Dunwoody to escape. Oh. 
I tickled myself with Weagle. I'm sorry. Continue. Um, Yeah, so he tells Edatrix and Dunwoody to escape so that he can face Black Empty alone. This is his fight. They don't need to die, too. So they make a portal and escape because that's one of their powers. He's fighting and fighting and action words and he loses. And Black Empty tortures him for eternity. The end. So... His family escaped. Good ending? I guess. I guess. Yeah, that, yeah. Was that how the story ended it? Was Oh, yeah. He, he gets tortured for a thousand years. And it was eternity. only two hours. Yep. He was tortured for eternity, but wakes up and it was two hours. He wishes he could die, but no, we're gone again. Oh, wait. So he doesn't actually die. Nope. He just gets tortured for eternity and hopes he would die. But and that's then, the end of the story. Wakes up. Yep. Over and over and over. Uh, dark very dark ending mm-hmm. and the beginning is really light and and bright and it's him in love with his wife and his kids are happy and we're on a road trip yeah ends really dark um had some poor grammar that drove me nuts like weagle who would come up with such a stupid <laughs> word <laughs> but no it was like the it was like the lamented sadly but it was mm-hmm. multiple other times with similar things yeah very much trying to get like, a word count laughed gaily <laughs> you know uh, or shouted loudly that kind of thing mm-hmm. over and over and over again and cool. i'm just like don't do it please just stop doing this mm-hmm. but the story itself had a good clear narrative it was very well here's the beginning here's the middle here's the end here's mm-hmm. the characters like honestly if you stripped away all the superhero bs and just kind of had like a its own separate story away from this larger whatever amalgamation it sounds like it would be pretty decent yeah i mean of the authors that one was probably one of the better ones Mm -hmm. like i would probably give it more like a b plus And just being cohesive and well-written. Mm-hmm. Especially if you had an editor who could go through and clean up the grammar. Yeah. You know, make it make that stuff a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Skip out the extra words that were not necessary. We don't need to know every street name in DC that he walked on. But I think the the word count, they're just, he was just trying to bump yeah. that up. So uh, ov- overall, so far, this is just like bad Avengers, right? This is... If you bought Avengers off of Wish and Thanos killed all your favorite superheroes and you were left with um, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. Like, I mean, ju- just Hawkeye. Yeah. Like if you were just left with the superheroes who are off delivering pizzas and don't actually do anything. Black suit Tobey Maguire. Yes. Like, like, cause the, uh, basically it's the Avengers, but Thanos wins at the beginning. And you're left picking up the pieces and you only have the some random villains and some really cheap knockoff heroes mm-hmm. and everyone's trying to recover, which could be a really interesting premise. Yeah, it really could. It could be it could be better done. Mm-hmm. But I think if you were trying to do that, you would need to have three or four authors max. They would need to have their characters they wrote and you would need to have a better story arc in the book on 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 the whole yeah that's kind of what my initial thought was like just honestly i would think one author right (laughs) that way you could keep it like all cohesive in your mind maybe you've got a friend and you want to bounce ideas off of that could be your second person and you stop doing this and stop why 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 are there so many this was a message board fanfic group 
who decided they were each authors and could write real words and real stories. And he was like, this is great. I can take all your stuff, snap it together, make some money off of this. Mm. And they didn't make any money. You can't even find this on Google. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so got another one um yeah but let's first take a quick break from weagles weagles sponsored by <laughs> weagles they're the weagliest Hello, Bibliofreaks, Geeks, and Lovers. Bam here with a couple of notes for you. We have a Patreon where we focus on a bad book and bad movie combo. Please leave comments and suggestions on our Facebook or email us at bibliorex at gmail.com. That's B-I-B-L-I-O-W-R-E-C-K-S at gmail.com. We are also at Bibliorex on all our socials. Thanks so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy these bad books as much as we do. So what's next on the agenda, Bugs? So this one is shorter, a lot more cohesive, but also really really horrifying. Uh, Content warning for child death. Oh boy. I was wondering when we were going to get back to hurting children. Yeah, so this one's called The Sidekicks. In it, we meet Jeff, a cop, who's looking for his six-year-old kid who's wandered off. So out of the gate, this dad is like, oh my gosh, where's this kid? I can't find him. We were just playing video games. I went to go make a sandwich and the kid has walked off. He's a precocious six-year-old named Trevor. I guess it's like a Saturday, everyone's home, whatever. He's down in the basement, digging around boxes, looking for his little kid, and hears his wife screaming, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Oh, no. He runs upstairs to the front door, and they see Trevor in the front of the house in the road with a little airplane in his hand going, wee, and he's just spinning in circles in the middle of the road oh, in front no. of the house. They're going to do a pet cemetery. And he's like, Trevor, no. And he's grabbing the door handle, can't get it open, can't get the door unlocked. To the house? To the house. He can't get out of his own house. It sounds like the plot is holding the door closed. What is happening? So he bundles up his arms and he throws himself through the front window, flying glass everywhere. And a truck is barreling down the road. Honk, honk, honk. And it's not slowing. And he's, Trevor, no. And he's running. And he grabs Trevor's hand and splat! The truck goes right through the little kid and he's left holding an arm. So the truck is blowing the horn? Yeah. Like he sees, the trucker sees the child. Yes, and is not slowing down. He's just honking the horn. Does this guy live in front of the interstate? If that is what it sounds like, right? So, yeah. So the whole time that he's been looking for um, Trevor, his wife has been just hurling abuse at him. How could you lose your son? You're just a goddamn idiot. Like, she's doing this whole abusive wife routine where she's just chewing him out. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, I'm looking for my kid, right? So she's following him out, like, trying to get out the front, too. And you bastard, you let our kid die? How could you do this? You son of a bitch, you killed my kid and he's standing there with his gory splattered kid traumatized right there oh wait it's a memory that black empty is replaying in jeff's mind is torture what (laughs) big empty big empty returns you truly are the villain what So we just got the other story involving Mm -hmm. Big Empty, and then we just come right to this nobody. Mm -hmm. Reliving these torture scenes 
in his mind that Black Empty is forcing him to relive. And that's what Black Empty feeds off of. Because you're horrified. Imagine if it was your kid or your wife or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. So we we live through this very visceral. I was shocked. I was horrified. And then I was like, oh, my God, really? Black Empty? Yeah, okay. like it was all a dream. Okay. It was all okay. Jeff's wife and son aren't dead. They are in the living room watching him get tortured by Black Empty. <laughs> it was all a dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah. So did two authors, is this a different author? Every single story is a different author. So two authors just took. Black Empty was the character is in the character sheet in the PDF and they use him as a bad guy whenever they want to. And so, yep, this author chose to use him as the big baddie and come right out the gate with him. Alrighty then. So you can, so I guess that's the kind of torture that was happening to Nathaniel in the previous story. Black Empty is torturing this cop, and he calls him sidekick. No explanation. Now, uh... He calls the cop sidekick? Yes. Which I was like, wait, so does that mean he's be uh, Black Empty's sidekick? You don't know. We don't know. So Jeff wakes up. And he's on trial for drug trafficking and cop murder. He is on the stand being harangued by a judge and a lawyer and the jury is scowling at him. There's videos of him committing each act. He's, oh, and then he's having like sex with hookers on the video. And then he goes and murders his partner. And every time, each video, I didn't do that. I wasn't me. I didn't do that. Here's the video of you doing this horrific thing. And the jury, oh, horror. How dare he? He's declared guilty. He gets the death sentence. And his wife pulls the switch on the electric chair. Wait, I thought he killed his partner. Oh, wait, his cop partner. Yeah, detective partner. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> now his wife was watching and, and she throws the switch. And I don't the know if they let you do penalty. that. I don't think they let you do that. <laughs> it was all a dream from Black Empty. We come again. back to the living room. Oh my God. I got you again. I got me again. I can't believe that. <laughs> I'm such a fool. <laughs> it's the twist so much. So dumb. They did it twice. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're, the story's right. I would have never expected them to do it again. This so, is <laughs> this is like a Futurama episode now. <laughs> yeah. So this time. We flash back to two years ago when Black Empty appeared in Las Vegas. Black Empty is on a rampage in a casino and then on the streets. A superhero called Miram, M-Y-R-R-Y-M. I'm going to say Miram because I think I said it would be Miram. I think Miram sounds right. He shows, she, wait, yeah, her. Miram is her. She shows up to fight Black Empty. Jeff offers to help her, but she refuses. Instead, she gives him a small crystal. Her body is like made of white crystals, and she's like a humanoid shaped person, and she lights up bright white, and that's how she fights him, just a lot like Nathaniel in the previous story of like the bright light battles Black Empty, and that's Uh the only thing you can fight with. But she loses the fight, and Jeff holds up the crystal and uses it as like a mirror to hold up with the sun and points light at black empty with it <laughs> so why does it so this like is daytime prison? this is daytime why doesn't the, the day sunlight just 
Why doesn't the sunlight Good just... question. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> so you could just take a magnifying glass and this hurt. This is basically a magnifying glass or a prism. Yeah, I don't know. So he holds it up and uses it to aim sunlight at Black Empty. It's enough to drive Black Empty away. And Miram vows to continue fighting Black Empty. Everyone calls Jeff the sidekick because he helped Miram. So he decides... Wait. Oh, wait. Is, is she... Like, her superpower is being a mirror? Is that what this is? I didn't read her profile in the PDF either, Mm -hmm. but science sounds like maybe kind of. Like, she emanates a very bright light, and, like, she had broke off this chunk of herself to give him. But that part's not expressed. It's just she gave him a crystal that looked very similar to her crystals on her body. Mm Mm-hmm. And he uses it, so I don't know. That's so confusing. Like, she's made of the stuff. Right. So she's constantly refracting in, like, every direction anyway. Right. So why... How would a small piece of that... Like, Black Empty shouldn't even be able to touch her during the daytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the little piece drives it... What? Okay. Yeah. I'll let it go. So we are back to the house where Jeff is being tortured. Mm-hmm. We're reminded that all the superheroes died during the cataclysm. And that's what happened to Miram. She got killed in the cataclysm. So Jeff formed the Sidekicks, a group of fellow police officers to fight villains and crime. He basically forms a small vigilante posse okay. of fellow first responders, firefighters, EMS, mm-hmm cops and they go around punishing people who rob stores and stuff because society is shown to have completely broken down after the cataclysm even though that was in australia (laughs) not here in the u.s so 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 they just do what cops do but without judges and without law and order and they just are following him on him because he's the boss of it he just builds it, creates it with his sidekick persona. He developed this reputation from helping Miram. I will accept yeah. literally whatever you tell me. I just want this to be over. Yeah. I want to know how many layers deep we are. Yeah. So he's flashing back to some time previous to now. <laughs> and they had been called to a fight against someone named Crisis. Anyone who sees Crisis goes insane. So that is Bird Box. But it's not just go insane. It's like he can control them to make them go insane. And he can control what they do to each other. So he shows up to places and he likes to make people just kill each other or stab each other. <laughs> and then when the psychic link is broke, he they like wake up and they're like, oh my god, I just murdered my husband. Or I just dropped my baby or whatever. Like... <laughs> He just enjoys it to horrify, mm-hmm. and he enjoyed the, the whatever. Shock comedy. Yeah. Um. So they failed to kill him, even though they had, like, ten snipers and all these things. But if you can see him through the scope, you still go insane. Uh-huh. It's not explained how his powers yeah. work. But they were able to, like, hit him with, like, a single bullet. He got hurt. He runs away. And so they failed to kill him, but it grew their posse, vigilante group, and it became a nationwide force. So the sidekicks become this nationwide group of cops and firefighters and whoever wants to have a gun and shoot bad guys. Such So much so that the military gives them weapons. So they basically become like the National Guard, but meaner, I guess. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm just so horrified by how close to reality some of this is. Yeah. So Black Empty targets Jeff because he had originally helped Miram fight Black Empty. 
And because he assumes that if Jeff gets killed, it will make the sidekicks nationwide collapse and fall apart. <laughs> and Jeff believes that it'll continue on without him because it's become decentralized and so big that he's only a figurehead really now. <laughs> And without him, it won't really matter. But that's the whole point of why Black MD is torturing him. So Jeff had come to and his wife and son were gone, but he's just being taken through these nightmare loops or whatever. So now he knows he's dying, but suddenly a helicopter and police cars show up with bright flashing lights and his wife yells through a megaphone, hang on, Jeff, we're coming to get you. We'll save you. And Maram walks in to save the day. What? She, I thought I thought she died. Everyone thought she died. So She just shows up at the end. Story's just like, yeah, she's dead. And then later she's like, actually, Psych. no. She's not dead. Yep. She walks in, chases Black Empty off, saves the day, I guess. That's it. The end. But then... It was all a dream. But then, Miriam wakes up. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was violent. It was horrifying. It was really good writing. It was, it was really gripping and really mm-hmm. grabbed me. The ending was pretty bleh. I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, it sounded like he really didn't know where to go with that. No, and I think that's one of the downsides of having to create a good story in a short story form. (laughs) It's not very often that you find an author who really shines in short stories because it's harder to tell a good story in a shorter space than in a longer space. Well, constraint breeds creativity in a lot of cases, but too much constraint just builds a weird shaped story. I also get the feeling that they're not allowed to alter these characters in any way because you have to allow them to be there in for the other author to use. So you can't kill the bad guy. You can't kill the good guy. You can't change anything. So is that what it was? Like he got partway through his story and he was like, Miriam died. And later one of the editors just like, no, you can't kill her, but he didn't want to rewrite the entire thing. So he just brings her back at the end. That would be funny. But in actuality, <laughs> after reading the whole goddamn book, hmm. you find out there were there are superheroes that were hiding. So the No More Heroes, the name of the book, is a lie. <laughs> Just like, oh no, we're uh, in the black empty dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so you initially have this story, like with the Goat Man story. Uh, there's no more heroes, so us little guys have to pop up and save the day. Mm-hmm. And that theme is continued in this story of no powers, but we're going to band together. We're going to use these tools. We're going to fight them with what human weaponry we have. But then it's wasted with Miriam comes in and saves the day. Mm-hmm. So you don't have spotlights, magnifying prisms to defeat Black Empty. You don't have any human technology used to actually stop him. Mm-hmm. You have to fight him with a superhero. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that part was just a weak, a very weak ending. But up until that point, buddy, it was a ride. You know, it was the it was a roller coaster because it was like, bam, kid is dead. Mm-hmm. Bam, he's dead. Bam, this other stuff's happening. So, you know, that part was really good. Mm -hmm. Like, I would say if you cut out the ending where Miran walks in and just his wife and the army are on their way to rescue him, if you Mm -hmm. cut it right there, that would be like an A+. Like, I thought that story was really good. (laughs) 
that author had talent, mm-hmm. I, I will say. Oh, that didn't sound too bad. No, and that's what kept me going through the whole book. That's yeah. what kept me just a little from smattering of just good writing you come across. <laughs> yes, and that's what made me feel like, man, I wish that they had collaborated fewer authors, mm-hmm. but the ones who had really strong stories like this, the mm-hmm. ones who focused not on superheroes because the superheroes are more ancillary, more on the side, and the human fallout is mm-hmm. really the true drive of the story. And I just felt like that was really good rhythm, and I really liked that. And the Goatman story where the main character is just a regular person. We're trying to use our human technology to fight them. Mm-hmm. If they had stuck to that kind of theme mm-hmm. through the whole book, it could have really pulled together. Yeah, that could have been interesting. Mm-hmm. I could have, I would have really enjoyed that kind of, even if that wasn't every story, mm-hmm. keeping that as a general purpose, you know? Yeah. But I really liked those stories specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is a black empty? What is? These ads. <laughs> because they they're me? actually just our socials. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> because we don't have ads yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh. Hello, bibliofreaks, geeks, and lovers. Bam here with a couple of notes for you. We have a Patreon where we focus on a bad mook Bat- no, it's fine. I can edit it. <laughs> and we're back, folks. We're we're in for the last story on this episode. And it's a doozy. And it's a doozy. I'm so ready. <laughs> in one way or another. This one. This one felt impossible to mm-hmm. summarize. It I I read it two or three times and then I went back and took my notes because this one was just really hard. The story opens in London. Two MI5 operatives are discussing the supervillain threat in London. So you're walking to the story assuming everybody already knows what's going on and you know about the cataclysm, you know about the supervillain threat. One of the operatives is the head of MI5, and he gives a ring to his subordinate named Richard. He also gives him, like, a packet of information, like a big envelope. They're talking about offering Lord Astral, a supervillain, a way back to his home planet in return for killing Pustule. Ah, it comes back to Pustule. Yes. So we're already going in. We're trying to do political intrigue, and we're going at it from secret intelligence against the supervillains right right away this already sounds like it could just be totally disconnected from this whole super superhero shtick and would be an okay story right off the bat if you were just following that part sure (laughs) okay i've I've overstepped (laughs) no because going in i thought this is completely different than the rest of the book what Mm -hmm. is this doing here Mm -hmm. what what's going on none of the rest of this has been political intrigue Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. Talking about killing Pustule, they're walking along. The head guy smells bacon. Do you smell that? Smell what? I'm hungry. Let's go get breakfast. He walks into the street. A cabbie is driving a cab. He's sticking his head out the window. (laughs) You smell that bacon? Smacks and hits the head of MI5 and splatters him. 
And the cabbie gets out and is following his nose like a cartoon character following the bacon smell. I, I was going to ask if, if the trucker from the last story was <laughs> <laughs> It is written like that. So Richard is confused. He doesn't smell anything in particular. He looks around and he sees a woman in a red dress who is the source of the smell. Lady Helena Cartwright, a.k.a. Lady Bacon. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, I wasn't ready. I'm not. I can't do Lady Bacon today. Can we stop? I don't like that. Her superpower is controlling people through the smell of bacon. Oh my god. Yeah, you can definitely tell this is written around 2008. <laughs> I I can I can hear the uh epic mealtime video in the background of whoever was writing this. So yeah, political intrigue, bam, Lady Bacon. That's actually the funniest thing I've ever heard. I know. I laughed so hard. <laughs> so Richard follows her to the London Underground, and she gets on a train. He gets on a train. He's trying to follow her. He's an MI5 guy. He knows how to follow people, but she gets away. So he sticks his head around a corner looking for somebody and gets smacked in the head with a pair of hooves. Goat man. Oh, no. Is there and has got him. <laughs> Not a goat man. Not again. Goat man grabs him, hauls him to their secret lair, and he has a scar where the bomb in his belly was removed. He's back from the U.S. where he was raping little girls, and now he is terrorizing the London populace. Uh, I wish the listeners could see the the just most tired expression on my face. I'm very sorry. I'm so upset by Goatman. I know. I Conceptually. Yeah. So it is currently, let's see, I guess the people in the room are Goatman, Lady Bacon, and no, it's just Goatman. So, so Goatman takes him down into an unused train station or a little depot or something. He's tied to a chair. And they're, like, questioning him about stuff and plans. And Goatman kicks him and he falls onto the rails. Can feel a rumble and see a train coming. And he's like, ah, save me, save me, help me, ah. Yeah, I will, aren't you answer my questions? So this train comes up to him and then stops. Just instantly stops. Right next to him. And out of the train walks... Father Scribe, who writes on a little pad, and poof, the train's gone. It was an illusion. His powers are writing things on paper and making them, the illusions, look real. So Richard says he is supposed, so they they keep questioning Richard. Finally, he says that he is supposed to negotiate a deal between the League of Doom and Parliament to prevent bloodshed. So the League of Doom is demanding that um, everyone in Parliament, the House of Commons, the palace, whoever, comes out to some green, some place in London. They all have to kneel on the ground and give the country to the League of Doom. So that's the big political intrigue thing. So you can just promise your entire country away? Yeah. And Richard and the head of MI5 were the arbiters of this. I don't know. The political intrigue is just, it it just doesn't work in this story. It just really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So he's saying he's trying to negotiate a deal between the League and Parliament, and they're interrupted by Dr. Pustule and Lord Astral on a Zoom call. <laughs> like, a screen turns on, and they're there, and they've been watching him. In the train station? In the train station slash lair that they're at. They want to know about the ring that Richard had. And he explains it was going to be a token of goodwill as a gift to Lord Astral. And they're trying to create this intrigue of like, oh, Lord Astral must be working for MI5. It doesn't work. (laughs) So the Zoom ends. Nothing is really figured out except they send Richard in to talk to the House of Commons and tell them that the deal Pustule is making is if everyone in Parliament kneels on the Green Commons place, they'll take over the country and they won't kill the people in Parliament. (laughs) I don't know. It's just basically we want to we want to rule the world. Mm -hmm. Fine, we'll do this political intrigue to do it, even though we could just blow you up. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know about the gunpowder plot in 1605? Right. They're trying. (laughs) They're trying so hard to make this into that with Guy Fawkes and the gunpowder under the House of Commons and assassinating King James I, all that stuff. Try to be comparable with this. But you cannot compare these Mm supervillains with the Catholics in 1600 England. (laughs) There's just absolutely no equivocal meaning here at all. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't match. It's just they're they're overpowered. Right. Way overpowered. Goatman himself could probably kill all of Parliament with his hooves in an evening. (laughs) You know? I feel like I'm trapped in this universe. I'm trapped and I can't leave. (laughs) Yeah. There's no escape. Richard is like, okay, these are their terms. I'll go in. We're going to try to make a deal so that they don't destroy all of London. Trying to gain power. So he goes in. He comes back out. He walks over to, like, I guess they're at, like, Big Ben on the river. And he explains to Goatman and Lady Bacon that the lords want to negotiate. They don't want to just say, yes, we'll come out and kneel down to you. They do want to make a negotiation. So they want Goatman and Lady Bacon to come into Parliament to discuss stuff with them. (laughs) But Dark Fairy interrupts and says it was all a lie and a trap and richard double-crossed them have we met dark fairy so far nope uh i mentioned her briefly yep so this is the first time in the book we meet her Mm -hmm. she is as i said before the size of a coke bottle Mm -hmm. she's a little black fairy and she talks in nonsense rhymes She can um, make people fall asleep with her magic pixie dust. So following behind Richard is like this little cloud of sleep dust. Mm -hmm. She's just making all the soldiers fall asleep, making all the policemen fall asleep, whatever. She's just used as a plot device to make people fall asleep when it's handy. Get them through this obstacle. Yeah. So Goatman and Lady Bacon are angry that Richard has tried to lure them into a trap. Richard does the whole, we will always defy you, we're the poor humans, but we have spirit, blah, 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 trying to continue on that theme. So they're super mad that Richard double-crossed them, even though they knew he was an MI5 operative. Right. And they knew he was on the side of Parliament and the government, but okay. I feel like this is gaslighting. (laughs) Right. So. Goatman headbutts him in the face, 
Quote, if Richard had sneezed from that point on, he would have blown his brains out, but fortunately he was dead and so spared from the last indignity of forced nasal suicide. What? <laughs> what does that... What? Richard is dead. Okay, yeah. R- Richard is dead, and he is the character we were following the whole time. But what? why that bit about blowing his brains through his nose? Uh, attempted humor? Over the death of the protagonist we've been following the whole time? Right. That I I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't But like what why why does that matter? I don't He's know. He's dead, he can't possibly sneeze. Exactly. But uh, fortunately he won't ever sneeze again because he's dead. Honestly, I felt like whoever the author is that wrote that was trying to have like the kind of narrator voice from uh Adams something. Douglas Adams? Yeah. Uh Shoot, what, what what was it that he wrote? Galaxy something. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to use the narrator voice from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for that note of humor. But it was it was so out of character with the rest of the story. Yeah. And just really jarring, which is why I wrote it down. Because I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. He's this is the narrative perspective we followed this whole time was Richard. We followed him. We used him to follow Goatman. We used him to see their plans. Mm -hmm. We see him come out of parliament. Now he's dead. So we switch to Goatman's perspective. Oh no, I don't want to. I don't. No, 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 you can't do this to me. (laughs) Don't make me. Don't put me in Goatman's head. I know. It's awful. I don't want to know what Goatman thinks. It's awful. Oh, why why would you kill your protagonist and switch to a villain a, a villain that is a pedophile and a yeah just a horrible horrible what, who, what? like yeah. i understand making the reader uncomfortable if it's like making a point i feel like this isn't going to make like any kind of point no it's just the author was lazy and had gotcha. no one else to carry the story. Right. Because logically, the story would end right there. Yeah. You would not have a second half of the story. So it just changes perspective abruptly and makes you think you're reading a different book halfway through. Pretty much. Yeah, sounds great. Even though what happens is superheroes show up. We could have switched perspective to one of them instead of Goatman. So suddenly they're planning a attack on Parliament. It's Nike, a Scotswoman with gold skin, Moon Druid, who is a giant wolf or sometimes a man, and Resig, the thing from the Black Lagoon. They show up to stop the bad guys. I, I, ha- I have so, so many questions. Ask Nike? <laughs> N-Y-K-E-E. And she apparently has a very thick Scottish accent, which I'm not going to attempt. She got a brogue that even the policeman in London can't understand. Could it be? Could it be Nikki? No, N Y K E Nike Nike. Yep. Okay. All right. Question. And she is made of gold. Her entire body is bright gold. But she don't worry. She can pull over her hood and turn her face, so no one notices her. She's a gold goddess, except when she wants to blend in. Question two. <laughs> Werewolf woman who is sometimes a man? Moon Druid shows up as a huge wolf, but then he occasionally turns into a man when he needs hands. And then he turns into a wolf when he needs teeth. So that I thought there was actually four people. I thought there was a man and a dog. But no, it's a man who is a dog who turns back into a man. 
And it, it just randomly happens. The way you said it the first time <laughs> threw me off. I thought Moon Druid was a woman who turned into a werewolf, but sometimes was also a guy. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then Resig is basically described as the thing from the Black Lagoon. That's just... Webby fingers, big bulbous eyes, and he was born at the bottom of the ocean. But he can breathe air because reasons. So is he Aquaman? No, because that would be cool. So all three can change color and blend into their surroundings. Why? 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 Plot point. Why would why why would the werewolf have color changing abilities? Yep. No clue. They just can. They do. Why would the one that turns into gold? Okay. I don't All know. Right. Yeah, you did. I just did I tried. Earlier. I tried. I tried so hard. Yeah. I've told you I read this three times, and every single time I could. tried. So like I hard. said, I thought the moon druid was two different people. <laughs> because <laughs> they're described wearing a long dress cloak thing and like whooshing and stuff so i, I literally really thought multiple people but mm-hmm. yeah so these three show up on the river but like next on the river next to big ben mm-hmm. and they see Goatman, but they're not actually interfering with them yet because dark fairies sleep powder has worn off and the military and police start just shooting at everybody. Um, so Goatman puts his arms up. He's going to surrender. Dark Fairy disappears and Lady Bacon runs off. Wait, Goatman just surrenders? Yeah, the guy who just headbutted Richard killed him, is getting shot at by the military and got the cops who have just now woken up, apparently. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's like, no, I'll, I'll surrender. Even though in the one story, he literally yeah. survived multiple bullet right. wounds. Okay. Yeah, he can be shot 10 times and not die. Did they try shooting him 11 times? They should have. Okay, so Goatman is surrendering. Dark Fairy disappears. Lady Mm -hmm. Bacon runs off. The police are closing in on Goatman. When a huge tentacle erupts from the Thames, grabs Nike, and flings her around before throwing her away. The tentacle then disappears. Is that the prologue monster? Nope. That's just a different... Okay. Just a new kraken in the Thames. Just... It's just there. Yep. Okay. Yep. It sure is. So we're made to think that Nike got like like whipped into a doll and just thrown away, but okay. And so the cops are distracted by the tentacle and stuff. While the cops are distracted, Goatman escapes into the underground. So they shoot at him, but Dark Fairy appears and puts them all to sleep. Resig, the creature guy, uh, grabs Dark Fairy, stops her sleep thing, but then the cops start shooting at everybody. <laughs> And they hit Relic. Uh, Dark Fairy escapes. They're shooting at Nike. They're shooting at Moon Druid. They're just, the cops are just reacting and just shooting everybody. I mean, in America, they're uh, in vigilante squads. So, yeah, this tracks. No, it's because Lady Bacon is controlling them. Because cops are particularly controllable. Because they're pigs. Oh. See, I was trying to work my way around to a... a <laughs> Yeah, I just, I could not put one together, but, yep. (laughs) Woo! (gasps) Yep, sorry. So, Moon Druid confronts Lady Bacon, and she tries to control him, but he's a vegetarian. He only uses their entrails to see the future. He doesn't actually consume the meat, so Uh. he is impervious to bacon smell. So, there hasn't been a a vegetarian in the story until... Richard was, but they don't really bring it up. 
she just couldn't control him. That's why head of MI5 walked into the street and Richard didn't. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are the only two people. And it's like this very brief moment. But she doesn't even really try that hard with Richard. It's like they knew already. Was there like... Was there like a setup at the beginning? Like, uh, hey, do you want a five pound slab of beef? Like, nah, I'm good to like explain it away that way or to like set it up in the beginning or anything. She just can control people when it's convenient Mm -hmm. to the plot. And he's just. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. No. (laughs) Moon Druid transforms between wolf and human shapes multiple times, infuriatingly. Uh, So he is able to like grab her throat with his jaws like he gets lady bacon you'd think that wouldn't work on the wolf part of him though because wolf wolves do eat meat yeah wolves can't be vegetarian no they'll die so she you'd think she could have controlled him in his wolf form that would have been interesting anywho nope can't control him he's vegetarian blah 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 so he finally gets a hold of her he has like her neck in his jaws but he's not biting to kill her. He's just holding on to her so she won't run away. Because that wouldn't be vegan. I guess. And because they're not allowed to actually kill any bad guys. Right. In I the story. That. that part is just infuriating. It's like this woman yeah, is out here killing people with her bacon powers. Why wouldn't you stop her? That and there's like no stakes once you find out that fact. Mm-hmm. So if you were like to go in cold in this and you knew about the blog before reading it and were to read the PDF, you'd just be totally ruined. Yeah. So Lady Bacon surrenders. The cops stop firing. And then a huge tentacle again shoots out of the Thames and attacks Westminster Bridge because drama. So. (laughs) Did the... (laughs) I feel like the author wrote themselves into a corner and was just like, <laughs> a distraction, look. Yes. yes. Basically, yes. So, Goatman has been watching all of this, and this is all from his perspective, because he was like, in a corner, hiding, watching all the the fighting going on. So, yeah, no one is there. No one has actually been caught caught because even when Lady Bacon gets caught by the wolf, a tentacle shoots out and distracts everybody again. Mm-hmm. So Goatman has been watching from a, a shadowy corner when a new character shows up. Evil Penguin. Oh, God. Yeah. His real name is is Shatuno, but everyone calls him Evil Penguin, and that's what the stories call him, too. I hate that all of these stories are interconnected, but it just keeps adding new characters. Mm -hmm. And after a while, it just turns into static. I don't give a shit who Evil Penguin is. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pustule had sent him to tell Goatman, Lady Bacon, and Dark Fairy to retreat. You could have sent any, you could have sent like a hench. Right. It could have been anyone. But why, why Evil Penguin? Because he is waddly and fun and he hates humans. That's his shtick. He's an evil penguin from a different planet who hates humans. That's just the penguin. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was imagining when I read this. <laughs> Except he's from a different planet. That's the only difference. Like this is just the no. Danny DeVito penguin <laughs> from know. the Michael Keaton Batman's. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, oh. okay. 
So all of this has been from Goatman's perspective. Mm-hmm. We've been watching the fighting. Goatman talks to Evil Penguin, retreat. Oh, it's probably a good idea. So they escape. We now switch perspective to Resig. Again. Again. Mm-hmm. The guy, the the Black Lagoon character creature guy. And we take a little detour. He's diving into the Thames and attacks the giant squid. Black Lagoon creature. One character that's black that's not a villain. Except I think he's like, I'm calling him that. His name's Resig and I think he's green. <laughs> Um, or blue. Okay. I call him that because that is the best visual descriptor of mm. him. But no, he's actually, they just call him Resig and he's he's just an, an underwater aquad. person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I tried to give the story credit. No, I gave him that so that people would know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Because Resig doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evil Penguin at least says what it is. Resig is just a name to yeah. me that doesn't mean anything. That's fair. And I like a lot of the other names, you know, Father Scribe. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has a pen and paper. He has powers. Cool. Pustule. That's an evil sounding name. Gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but then Resig, I was like, oh God, how am I going to remember who this is? So yeah, so we were following his point of view. He's diving into the Thames and he attacks the giant squid. He'd been born at the bottom of the ocean, but can breathe air, so he lives on land sometimes. He stabs the kraken with a little knife that he carries on his belt or something, but it grabs him and squeezes him nearly unconscious. Suddenly, the kraken is gone. He returns to land. Nike had stopped Father Scribe, who was drawing the kraken, and that's where it came from. Oh, okay. I feel like Father Scribe is like the author insert. <laughs> yeah, could be. Because that's his, the only point of him, really. Because yeah. his character could have been completely erased from the story. Mm-hmm. The only things he adds is this Kraken, who's a distraction, and the train, who was to scare Richard. Right. Yeah. Oh, and Nike has wings. She can fly. So she is golden goddess, Scottish flying woman. She tries to explain herself to the police, but they can't understand her thick Scottish brogue. They are happy they arrested Father Scribe and mad that Goatman and Lady Bacon got away. So that's like how they clean all this up. Okay. They grab Father Scribe because he was standing there doodling. (laughs) But Goatman runs away with evil penguin they retreat lady bacon is able to create a distraction of people fighting over imaginary bacon and dark fairy can literally disappear into thin air she can go invisible i'm just imagining father scribe he's just like trying to draw a car like really fast (laughs) like i gotta get away i can never get the damn wheels right i was imagining him with one of those little doodle pads that you twist the handles (laughs) and they become little lines up and down and trying really fast. <laughs> but then he has to run away and he shakes it up and he has yeah, to start and over. Yeah, it's gone. Okay, so we wrap it all up. We caught Father Scribe. He's going to jail. And then Westminster Palace explodes in a fireball. And then Richard wakes up on the floor of his living room. <laughs> <laughs> empty strikes again (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh evil penguin was the one who rigged and blew the palace (laughs) so what all that other bullshit was just more more (laughs) distraction yes apparently 
And that was the whole thing about the gunpowder plot of 1605. It was caught and they hung the people who were planning to do it. In this story, it happens anyway. All this fighting is just on the side and completely pointless. Mm -hmm. If Pustule and Evil Penguin were going to blow it up anyway, just do that and take over the government. Mm -hmm. And your story is one page long and concise in the end. <laughs> Boring and meaningless, but all of this is too. Right. Like I, I get that it's, you got to contrive a story, but, oh gosh. Mm -hmm. So the last, last two paragraphs of the story we changed perspective again no, we are no. now a cop a police officer jeff no at the jail this really this is gonna be <laughs> black empty again isn't it and he's taking custody of father scribe from nike so he's booking him and putting him in the prison cell. And Father Scribe just looks like a very elderly, nice, you know, like cleric or something. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a, a Catholic priest or something. Mm -hmm. He asks if Father Scribe needs anything. Yes. Can I have a pen and paper? Um, the end. <laughs> I approve of that ending. That, that was the best thing about the entire story. <laughs> Yeah, because that ending on its own leaves you a good cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. You could come back. It, that is a cohesive little tiny yeah, detail a, within the story. That's a nice little comic book ending. Mm -hmm. Like that—that's a good way to end like a comic book. Mm -hmm. I, I would—I would like that. But yeah. this all this other bullshit is. So I had to go to Wikipedia. Okay. And I had to read about the 1605 gunpowder plot because I was like, okay, gunpowder plot 2000 AD. <laughs> they are naming it after this original real world political right. intrigue story. So you right. felt the need to compare that. I'm, <laughs> bet I'm betting the author did not. Aside from pulling the scenes mm -hmm. and the ultimate, well, we're going to blow up the House of Commons or Westminster Palace or whatever. Yeah, none of it really matched up. Because um, in the original plot, a group was um, planning on blowing up the House of Lords during the state opening of Parliament in an assassination attempt against King James I. It was a political and religious rebellion by the Catholics against the Church of England because they wanted to install his daughter as a Catholic leader. Mm-hmm. So unless you're a history nerd, a lot of this is really lost on the reader. While the basic ideas apply, the villains as Catholic stand-ins don't work. <laughs> and the ultimate destruction of the House of Commons was avoided by an anonymous letter explaining the plan in the original plot, but the story completely diverges from those ideas. While you could have created an interesting political and religious comparison, this world in no way allows for the nuance of political intrigue that originally happened. Guy Fawkes is probably the most memorable of the gunpowder plot from which we get the remember, remember the 5th of November and Guy Fawkes Day. But we don't have a true stand-in for that because if you actually held the villains as the power structure, mm -hmm. you could have a gunpowder plot against them, against the League of Doom, mm -hmm. and you could have used Richard and MI5 to do that. Mm -hmm. And in which case... Richard would have been caught. He would have been Guy Fox. Reversed, Goatman is Guy Fox, <laughs> but he's not caught or hanged, and they blow it up anyway. So either direction, it fails. This one gets an F minus. I'm imagining Goatman being played in a movie by Hugo Weaving now. <laughs> 
oh, English accent could work, but I can't imagine him yelling, goat man. But since you have that mental image, let me give you one of my favorite goat man quotes. Please do. I can't. I just want more goat man content in my life. Goat man is stronger than you. Goat man is faster than you. Goat man is much, much tougher than you. That's right, baby. The sadistic mutant cried. I'm the goat with the scroat. Goat man. Goat with the scroat. (laughs) (laughs) So I went down that robot hole. And most people in America think scroat means scrotum. (laughs) The goat with the balls. (laughs) But in England, scroat means a ruffian. (laughs) (laughs) And he's from England He's an English goat You can't fuck that up this bad So neither of them made sense, I'm sorry Goat the scroat I'm the goat with the scroat (laughs) Favorite pickup line in the entire story (sighs) So yeah, that, that one was That one was really rough And since we are this far into our record, I think we should take a break and bring it back next week. What do you think? I agree because any more of this and I will just drown myself in the nearest liquid, a bottle of my own piss (laughs) because... Boy, this has been a while. Yeah, this was a tough week. And this was just a lot of words, a lot of, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, man. Mm. But in the next half, it's we have a couple good stories, a couple bad ones, a couple really bad ones. But then we get to the end and it helps the world become more cohesive, make more sense. Um, but yeah, on the whole... I I did not like this book. I want to get done with this as fast as I can, man. I I agree. I would want this out of my body as quickly as possible. I want to be able to get it out like a verbal diarrhea and then flush it away and maybe burn this book. Mm. See, I was going to say like a kidney stone because it's just... The entire time you're getting through it, it's just agonizing. Yes. And then when you're done, you're just like relieved. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick something really lighthearted and much easier to get through for Mm -hmm. my next one. I agree. My next one's going to be about uh, torture and rape. So we got that to look forward to. It's somehow the rape is much better taste than uh, the sexual assault in this book. Wow. That's saying something. Yes. All right. We would like to thank you, Jay, for being our tech support and cheerleader. Lili for listening to our ideas. Bam Bam for editing and research. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today for the worst stories the world has to offer. I'll see you next time, Bam Bam. I hope not to see me ever again. Oh. I'll only see Goatman when I close my eyes at night now. Every time I see you, I'm going to say, Goatman! All right. Thank you, Biblio freaks, geeks, and lovers, for joining us today. Send your Biblio recommendations to bibliorex at gmail.com. We are at Bibliorex on Patreon and all the socials. Thank you for all the bad books and the good laughs. Goodbye.